The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Fuck me in the ass. Uh-huh. Yeah, pretty sure you should know what you're listening to by now. Yep. Not sure how much... Just when I had a nice political hashtag all ready for you. No, you know what my you know what my hashtag for the day is, Eric? Hashtag save prices right, because those some bitches are cutting into me watching the showcase showdowns, and it's pissing me off. What? Did they cut in with the whole big uh, hearing today? <laughs> yes. Completely oh. took the prices right off the air on the East Coast. <laughs> well, I- Hey, blame CBS. Every network showed that today. (laughs) Hey, Brandon, quit laughing. You suck. Uh Uh-huh. Anywho, good evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this wonderful little shit show we call The Kickoff here on the W2M Network. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me, as per usual, the same cast of characters. The names don't change. But things never remain the same. The producer turned co-host, Eric Watkins. Hashtag free Hong Kong. And shut that dog up! <laughs> Interrupted by his dog, Wilford, is the co-host turned producer turned co-host turned producer turned... He is a jack-off of many trades, <laughs> Brandon Bisbee. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and, um... Well, yes, we're still probably going to be near the bottom of the barrel. Uh, get ready for a lot of shilling by yours truly and Jason for the next two hours. Oh, at least Robert Taylor's not on this show. <laughs> hey, guess what time it is, Harry? My wife is fucking coming, Myrtle Beach. I will fucking stab you in your goddamn throat. <laughs> My watch is broken. Hey, Eric. <laughs> Do you want to talk about what time it is this week? Do you? Damn, I can't even I get a fucking does. intro. No, don't worry. No, no, I really don't. Okay, Not we'll this get week. to it. We'll, we'll get to it a little bit later on in the show. The other voice you heard anticipating his introduction is the chairman of the W2M Network, Jason Teasley. I'm the only man lazier than Forrest Whitaker's left eye. Well, in fairness, if Enzo Amore were around, he could put it back oh, to work. Ask Devon Dudley. Uh, Do you not remember that promo? That promo was actually pretty funny. Yeah, I remember it. One of the few things of quality that Enzo actually did in his time in the company. Anyway, this isn't a wrestling podcast, despite that. This is actually a football podcast. And we open this particular football podcast the same way we always open this particular football podcast. It's time for Studs and Duds. Eric Stud. It takes a real Florida man to bring a Florida game to the Pacific Northwest for the return of the almighty mustache that is Gardner Minshew II. Coming back faithfully with the maroon shirt and jorts, celebrating and cheering on his team. There was one man in particular, Anthony Gordon who was determined to do his best. 
while he did, because it's very hard to throw nine touchdown passes in a single game, it takes the true aura of a Florida man to have that quarterback throw nine touchdown passes in a game and lose. Nevertheless, for your bravery and your effort, Anthony Gordon, Washington State quarterback, you, good sir, are my stud. 41 of 61, 570 yards, nine touchdown passes for Anthony Gordon. I once again reiterate what Eric just said. They lost the game. Welcome to Pac-12 football. (laughs) I was just going to say, that's basically Pac-12 football in a nutshell. Scores in in the hundreds every single week. That's why you bet the over. I mean, you would have cashed in by, what, halftime? <laughs> what was the uh, – actually, I can find that information out. I have it put up here. Yeah, the over-under was not quite halftime, but early in the sec- early in the third. Ha- ha- have we ever gotten an over-under in the Pac-12 over 100? I don't know without looking it up, but I would feel like that would be an absolute essential at this point here. I mean, Washington State and UCLA, the game that Eric is referring to here, combined for 130, it was 67-63. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who was a dud of mine earlier in the season, I must give credit where it's due, 25 of 38, 507 yards and five touchdown passes of his own. Oh, no. And to answer Brandon's question, I can tell you right now because – if the total was ever set at a hundred or bet to a hundred, you would have read about it. Fair mm-hmm. enough. I feel like it should have happened. In the I, I'm surprised it Maybe hasn't it happened though well. yet. Same here. Same I here. I feel like I feel like the Big Twelve would be an option, and since mm-hmm. we're going to discuss Big Twelve here, we might as well go to our resident Big Twelve expert, Jason Stud. My stud, actually resided um, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. He is a beast of a wide receiver, and he damn near, if not for the shitty kicking of, oh, Mr. Gay, what a name. He almost led a last-second comeback victory for the Tampa Bay Bucks on a 55-yard reception of his. Yes, my stud was eight. Catches on 15 targets for 190 yards, three touchdowns. That is right, Mike Evans. Yeah, that, that, that last field goal attempt was pretty gay. <laughs> okay, let's be careful just throwing that word around here. It's his last name. This is the one time I can actually do that. And um, he did miss He did miss some extra points earlier in the game. That is so true. I, I did want to being, point that out. He did have the two missed extra points earlier that would have made that field goal attempt irrelevant at the end of the game. So, I mean, real quick, I here, guess uh, let's talk nobody about, wants to be gay at the end of the game. Let's talk about Jameis Winston here because you mentioned eight catches on 15 targets. That means seven times that he was targeted that Winston didn't get him the ball. With a more consistent quarterback, Mike Evans would be a star in the National Football League. One could argue that he's already a tier one ride receiver, but he could be one of those people that we're talking up there with the likes of Antonio before he went crazy. Juju, Julio Jones, 
Des Bryant back when he was at his in his prime. I'm going to also point out something. Do you know Winston's uh, completion to attempts? I don't, but I'd imagine it was probably around 50%. He was 23 of 37, meaning out of 37 times he threw the ball, 15 of them went to Mike Evans. That is unreal. I was a very happy owner of Mike Evans this week. I was, too, in FanDuel, who won me damn near $100. Well done. Yeah, I... I faced somebody who had Mike Evans this week and got my ass whooped in one of my fantasy leagues. <laughs> I don't think we're. I, I don't no, know. If we're it, it's not that. you. It's the other. It's the other league that I'm in. Oh, uh, I, I was. I was going to say, Harry. I was. I was going to let you slide on that. But since you brought it up, <laughs> Brandon Stud. My stud for this week. It's not just because of the numbers. It's also who they were facing. I know one person in particular in this group picked them to win the AFC West this season. How's that turning out for you so far? Deshaun Watson puts up 351 yards and three touchdowns in a win over the Chargers, who, you know, maybe they weren't going to win the division, but, you know, a lot of people, myself included, thought that they'd be a playoff contender, and they start off the season one and two. Who picked the yeah, Chargers? Mathematically, the they're still in it. Well, yes, of course. That, that Everyone is. That Even tells the, me it was Eric that picked. No, I picked the Chiefs to I win the division. I had the Chargers as a wild card. Okay, but in fairness, for as many as Jason's gotten right so far this year, I think we can let him slide on getting one wrong. Fair enough. One. One. <laughs> One, Eric. That's what, we, Eric. That's what we said. One, Eric. Breathe. <laughs> okay, my stud for the week is a team stud. So we're in the horseshoe in Columbus here, and seven and a half minutes are gone in the game, and it is a gigantic what the fuck situation here as the Miami Red Hawks lead the Ohio State Buckeyes 5 nothing off of a field goal and a safety. <laughs> I see where this is going. For the rest of the game, if you had Miami of Ohio plus 75, you're a loser. Ohio State proceeds to rattle off 76 straight points, including scoring six touchdowns in the second quarter en route to a 76-5 to victory after not scoring for the first half of the first quarter. Uh, Miami of Ohio plus 75 would have still cashed in in that case. No, I mean from that point in the game, if you had them plus 75 points. Yeah, true. But then again, who in the hell does bets from the first half of the first quarter onward? Although, admittedly, if they did do that, I would definitely make that my place to bet. <laughs> hmm. there, 
there was an app on Facebook that used to do like in in game score line changes and stuff too. That was pretty cool. Hmm. It's I don't think it's in existence anymore, but it used to be a shit ton of fun because I would like play baseball games in there and everything too. So I always enjoy it. But anyway, so yeah, my overall stud for the week is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Justin Fields, who transferred up from Georgia because of Jake Fromm State Farm, went 14-21, 223 yards and four touchdowns. He didn't play in the second half at all. Really, Harry? Really? Don't think I was just going to let that one go right by. <laughs> that, that made me laugh so hard. Eric Dudd. Speaking of uh, Big Ten football and expectations and blowouts, yeah, there's a certain team that I'm not going to discuss by name, but I will mention later in the show. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. There you go. That um, I, I, it, it caused me a little bit of pain the past couple of years, and. They, they were on the field on Saturday. They were going up against a coach that I have, well, to put it in certain ways, vehemently defended. Harbaugh, seriously, why the hell do you hire an offensive coordinator that you've never met face-to-face? Why do you think that with Shea Patterson you can dramatically change to a spread formation offense in a little under a year? And why did you have my hopes up only to get utterly bit-smacked by that team in red and white? Why, Harbaugh? Why do you do this to me? No, no, you're my dud. Jesus Christ, I haven't seen a whooping like that since my one night in the warehouse downtown. Thank you for setting that up. Appreciate it. Uh, Brandon, would you care to name that team in red and white? Um, is this the Badgers? It would be Bucky Badger and his merry band. <sighs> yeah. Um, go, go Badgers, go. I don't need no stinking Badgers. <laughs> I, personally, I prefer Beaver myself, but that's just me. Braided dud. My dud for this week is the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, the, yes, you lost your one of your safeties. Yes, you're not as good as you used to be. But this is a Colts team, in spite of what they said after Andrew Luck left, that at least should be in the rebuilding stages. But no, they come in and, and throttle you. Throttle's a strong word. Fair enough. No, I, I don't disagree with the fact that Atlanta should have beat Indianapolis mm. here. But luckily for Atlanta, as we talked about last week on the show, basically the AFC and NFC Souths are a shit show at this point. Fair enough. And if, and if you're one and two in either of their divisions, you're still well in the thick of things because there are no undefeated teams in either side of that division. We actually got to watch the winless one in the eighth of the What the hell, Aaron? Look, I didn't do anything except unmute my microphone because I'm eating. Unmute right, so that, that motherfucker. 
Well, yeah, I think what happens is, is when your microphone is first unmuted, we get like a feedback from it there. And it like causes like a static here. And I have my headphones in. That was really loud. Yeah. All right, we're good now. You're good. You're good, Eric. Awesome. All right, let's continue here. Jason, dud. Well, I was going uh, one way with my dud, which was the 49ers offense, which was abysmal. But then I just realized some. I gotta make fun of myself. That's not very often I do this. My dad's gonna be Charlie Kitchen, who Freddie for Kitchen? a yeah Freddie Kitchen. Charlie Kitchen's his older brother that that was probably dropped on his head and helped convince him to uh, call the draw play on fourth and nine, and then proceed to go down inside the ten yard line and throw the four straight balls when you have a pretty solid running back like Nick Chubb in your backfield and. Him not see the ball once. I mean, I got to make fun of myself because I bought into the hype of the Browns. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'll be talking about them more uh, later. Now you see uh, why I kept saying that it was just the one thing he got wrong so far. Uh, wait, yeah. wait, 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 one second, one second here before we move on. You'll talk about them later. Dun dun dun. Dramatic reverb. Thank you. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm man enough to admit that, you know, I bought into the hype and I'm looking like I, I need a orange helmet and elbow pads kind of special. But it is early on the season. Maybe they can turn it around. I mean, they do have to play Cincinnati twice and they do get to play Pittsburgh twice. So there's at least four wins. Not, but, to, men- not to mention they also have Miami on their schedule still to come later this year as well. See, there's five wins. But I'm just going to point out, uh, someone on this show uh, pointed out how bad the Steelers actually were with going to be without A.B. and Bell, and he was laughed at. How's that working out for you guys? Being Okay, but, okay but they're also without Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Not to mention, this is the Browns. They'll somehow... They're, oh, they're somehow going to no. take those five wins and go 2-2-1 two, two, and one yeah, really. because it's Cleveland. <laughs> All I'm going to point out is it doesn't matter what happens during the season. I caught a third-place finish for the Pittsburgh Steelers prior to the season. I, I well, just, we'll talk I, about All of you can eat my ass. I, we'll talk I just more about Pittsburgh something. a little bit later on in the show. I just thought of something. Is, Make it quick, Is Ben bitch, supposed to come back at all this season? No, no they shut him down for the year. Oh, okay. he's on IR. I'm I believe one. he's going to have Tommy John surgery. I'm losing one of my traditions this year. Damn it! Oh no, we'll still talk about the burger, Roethlis, Roethlis burger. Don't worry. Fair enough. Um, we was talking about rapists. You, you know what? Well, technically. Brandon, you could turn it into a different one because now you'll have Rudolph the red-nosed quarterback. <laughs> Fair enough. Anywho. All right, let's move on here. Um, my dud for the week is the entire city of Philadelphia. That's right. Even the people that live there get an honorary dud for their teams. So, do you remember when everybody was buying the hype on Maryland a couple of weeks ago, Eric? Oh, Yeah. I thought, eh, and, that's going to be short-lived. And mm-hmm. I said before they played Temple that Temple would give them a game. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Temple played Maryland and actually beat them. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what Temple? Guess what Temple did as a follow-up to that? Lose horribly to the University of Buffalo. Yep. They lost to the Mac Least. <laughs> wow. Who I specifically called out on this very show just last week because every single team in that subdivision lost the week prior. Is, is this like is, is this just like a continuous circle of teams losing against each other now? Well, let me put it to you this way, Brandon. In the MAC East, Temple or uh, Buffalo is now two and two, and they're in first place in the division. <laughs> Now, if I'm any team in that division, I am praying that they see a repeat of what happened to 1994 in baseball. Because, yeah, the AL West West that year was a very, very similar dumpster fire. They all got spared. (laughs) Well, technically, I look fondly back on the strike in 94 because it kept Atlanta's divisional championship reign alive. The Expos were cursed. Yeah. I swear, God hated that team. <laughs> All right, let, let's move on to the National Football League variation of this conversation. As the Philadelphia Eagles have lost to the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Don't look now, but the Lions are undefeated. One of eight teams in the NFL that can still say so. Yeah, but they're the only team that can say they're 2-0-1. Mm-hmm. We have a tie. We have a tie. We have a... Okay, anyway. I wonder if this is the earliest we've ever had a tie uh, week two in the NFL. Actually, uh, one, it was back-to-back so. years where we've had a week one tie. Pittsburgh-Cleveland yeah. last year. Oh, yes, you're right. Oh, I remember that game. Oh, God. Because Cleveland was celebrating not starting with a loss, whereas Pittsburgh was like, how the fuck do we turn the ball over five times and still get a tie? (laughs) Well, I I think San Francisco is wondering that same thing because they turned the ball over like six times against Pittsburgh and won the game outright. (laughs) Regardless, City of Philadelphia, bravo, you suck, take this dud. (laughs) Hey, but at least their fans can still celebrate. I mean, come on. Who is awesome enough to throw shade at a wide receiver because they can catch children coming out of a burning building? Plus, how how frustrating is it when you have the dean of admissions at an Ivy League college be more famous for yelling and screaming at your ineptitude rather than doing his actual day job. <laughs> well, I mean, they did throw snowballs at Santa Claus once. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very and true. I, I, am in, I am in the minority here. Santa deserved it. Well, I mean, you caught them on a bad day in a very bad season, and they were actually doing well for once. But then again, had that not happened... They would have had O.J. Simpson. So imagine how history would be. Y'all wouldn't be able to make fun of me for O.J. being a bill. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, Eric. Yes? So, that happened. Now, this week was particularly, I wouldn't even quite say weird. 
because I was struggling to really find a story because there was nothing overwhelming. No, Gar- no Gardner Flint Minshew stories for him this week. <laughs> no, because, well, then the NFL hates two franchises that happen to have to play each other twice, so they always stick one of them on a Thursday, that point aside. And then there was a, an interesting stat that came along. Did you know that under Pete Carroll, the Seahawks went into the weekend 15-0 and 0 in September home games? I did not know that. I always knew they were traditionally a very good closing team, but I didn't know they were that good at starting. Mm-hmm. 15-0 at home in September. Then Teddy Bridgewater comes to town. And in a bit of a rivalry that's been punctuated by great moments and potential great moments. The Beast Quake run. The potential ultimate revenge that got ruined. And then this. As a backup quarterback, Bridgewater himself comes in, smiles, and leads a comeback to make that old GTFO. The Saints handing Pete Carroll his first September home loss. See, everybody was saying that the Saints were in trouble when Breeze went down, completely forgetting that they have a perfectly competent backup mm-hmm. in Teddy Bridgewater. And a secret weapon. Are you referring to Taysom Hill? You damn straight I am. Never trust a BYU Cougar, that's all I'm saying. Do, do you think we'll ever see a... You know, rehash of the Wildcat in uh, in New Orleans. We kind of do with Taysom Hill. They use him on a somewhat consistent basis. Fair enough. Mm. I don't think the Wildcat will ever be run multiple times in a game the way that it used to be just mm. because I think teams are much more prepared for it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you do kind of get bits and pieces of that in um, – in, um, New Orleans with Taysom Hill, as well as in other places as well. Uh, Jarvis Landry runs it in Cleveland occasionally because he was a quarterback in high school. Hashtag wild cougar. (laughs) Jason. So that happened. Best so that happened is been the source of a long, long, long drawn out debate of Brandon getting into his fields and trying to go. debate something. something, And uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that if he starts his shit today on the show, uh, I'll peace out like a Cub Scout. But my so that happened was actually a historical thing. When a hundred of a thousand and thirty-seven day streak came to an end at the hands of the Pitt Panthers. That's right. Since November 2016, UFC has not lost a regular season game. Yeah. You Steph, fuck them. I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> because I just want to piss Brandon off as much as possible. And then when he starts being a little asshole like a certain former producer we had and goes on a rant, I can just fucking peace out. And go no hanging watch up. Survivor. And go watch Survivor with the wife. Well, no so. Hanging. So, I mean, I think it was, I, it was, it came to a close on a trick play. Um, I think, it, I don't think it was a bad thing. 
all streaks must come to an end at some point. Nobody can always win. Nobody can last forever. But, I mean, I think it's pretty cool to know that the one of the current longest regular season streaks comes to an end at the hands of the Pitt Panthers. And guess what? I fucking hate Pitt. I, I wish the fucking school would blow up. And I, I think all the whores there have chlamydia <laughs> and got raped by a gonorrhea oh ape. And God. I'm giving them fucking credit. This is more just a piss off Brandon from Jason. Well, I was going to well, simply say was eat shit pit, but Jason pretty much took that and ran with it. All, all I'm going to say is Jason pretty much hit it on the nail before. Who cares? Well, I mean, they're in the American, so like we talked about in the group chat, and if the group chat conversations ever made public, we wouldn't have a show. <laughs> and most of us would probably be in prison, but... Well, speak for yourself. I mean, it would be a perfect conduit for black Irish. Anywho, um, the thing about it is, is with the laws that are being passed in California and the law that is being bantied about in New York as well, it's probably going to end up breaking down to a tier one, tier two football system anyway. And Brandon's dream of UCF getting to celebrate a national championship may become a reality sooner rather than later. And South Carolina is also hopping on board. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, In addition... In addition, UCF will get an opportunity to really prove itself in a couple of years with a home-and-home against the Florida Gators. Yeah, they're going to prove themselves all right. Prove that they shouldn't have took the game. The only reason why they took the game is for a payday when they get their asses handed to them. And I hate fucking Florida, too. I hate all SEC schools. God, this is fucking bizarre world. It is. I'm fucking here. I'm giving fucking Pitt Panthers fuck credit, even okay, though I'm sure okay. the worst. All right, we have we have other parts of the show to get to. Take a deep <laughs> breath, get something to drink. Brandon, so that happened. My so that happened is on a happy note for both Jason and myself. This will uh, this will brighten your day, Jason. No, it won't. Daniel Dimes Jones comes in. First start has a great first start, three hundred thirty-six yards, three or two touchdowns, excuse me. And you know, are they going to do a ton this year? Probably not, especially now with Saquon Barkley being out for a while. But is the future bright in New York? Hell yes. And I just want to piggyback on that. Uh, I even stated it on the show. You guys can go back and acknowledge it i was not a fan me and brandon i think we even actually had a discussion on this show how we felt about daniel Mm -hmm. jones going number six Mm -hmm. we both weren't very very happy with the pick we we thought that should have went josh allen and could have got daniel jones later in the draft i still believe that could happen but when you know the reports came out in the preseason how much of a film junkie he was how much Work he was putting in with uh, Saquon, Ingram, uh, and Shepard. I, I kind of started buying in. And then preseason came around. Mm-hmm. Kind of bought in a little bit more. But I am fully on board with Eli 2.0. Um, there's so much alike you can't tell them apart in uniform. Except when Eli makes the Manning face. So, 
With that being said, I, I'm I'm a I'm a believer of Danny Dobbs. I will say that he was impressive on Sunday, but he is not your problem right now. Your problem oh, no. is that defense because that defense damn near costs you that game. But once you get a a quarterback, then you can build the pieces around him. I I definitely agree that they should go after defense in the draft next season, which I'm pretty sure they will. But I will say one more thing in regards to what Jason was saying right there. Uh, he looks way better in terms of his temperament, in terms of his work ethic, in terms of all the intangibles than who a lot of people thought and some people were hoping the Giants would have picked in that spot instead in Dwayne Haskins. Because did you guys see that picture that has gone, gone around the internet uh, of him toward the end of the game last week? I have not. It was a I pic- can't sit. It was a picture of him sitting on the bench while... Uh, um, Who's their other? Who's their starter right now? Uh, Case Keenum. Case Keenum. While Keenum and and one of the coaches were talking strategy, and he was sitting on the other side of the bench, just looking off into space like he didn't have a care in the world. Well, I mean, he is Ohio State quarterback, so I mean, his intelligent levels hampered there. <laughs> that, that's a fair argument. But yeah, so if that's I'm, really his, I'm go- his attitude, then they made the right choice. I'm going to end so that happened on a positive note here. We, we like to laugh and joke around on this show. We like to have fun on the show here. But one thing that we've always been serious about is our commitment towards the military on this show. Our support for our brothers in arms overseas and here in the States protecting our freedoms. World War II veteran and 96-year-old harmonica player Pete Dupre performed the national anthem at the Minnesota Vikings-Oakland Raiders game this past Sunday. My salute to you, good sir. Thank you for your service. Mm -hmm. A member of the greatest generation, and it's men like him that do what they do so I can sit here and wonder about triple bagging and horse with chlamydia. <laughs> Leave it to Eric to go down the I'm not path. touching that. Harmonica Pete, I thank you for my ability to say family show! <laughs> okay. Just figured I'd end so that happened on a positive note this week. Fair enough. I've got questions. Jason, college, NFL, or mixed? Take your pick. I will take the NFL. We were kind of talking about this before the show started, but I'll make it official, and I'm going back to the old format for this question. Buy or sell? We never see Antonio Brown play in the NFL again. Uh, I'm going to buy that uh, at a $1,000 shared stock, and I will live off my returns for the rest of my life. Uh, This guy has lost his cotton-picking mind. Um. I don't know. He, I mean, the only only people I know that get fired on their day off is him and Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, how the fuck do you get fired on your day off? Hey, Eric, what day is it? 
Well, I mean, it's really not since we're not (laughs) recording, but I mean, I can say this tomorrow. It's Friday. I ain't got no job, and I ain't got shit to do. (laughs) And I know this, man. I was really really hoping that Eric would be like, you know, I just talked to Antonio Brown about his plans tomorrow, and he said it's Friday. I ain't got shit to do, and, and I ain't got no job. That would have been a better setup. Oh, but seriously, how do you, how do you go from uh, being possibly having forty million dollars in a year to getting like a hundred and fifty thousand? Ask Vontez Perfect. I'm sure he probably has an answer too. I'm pretty sure he's the reason. Because <laughs> <laughs> ever ever since that hit. Uh, I mean, this is in, in, in an all serious matter. Ever since that hit, AB has not been right in the head. True, I, do not. I, I really think that he had some kind of uh, injury, uh, neurological issue from that hit, and he didn't wasn't get properly taken care of. Which you know, those things do happen. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that. Maybe he, that might have been the last concussion that put him over the edge. And I know we joke around and everything, but it's it's legit, not a laughing matter if that is the case. And that, you know, he did have a career-altering injury from that single hit, and it went left untreated. I will will ask Eric and Brandon for their answer to my question here, but I do want to point out one thing as to what Jason just said right there. Um... Yeah, concussions, head trauma, no laughing matter. And the very first thought that I had when he tweeted out a couple of days ago that he had re-enrolled in Central Michigan, he re-enrolled in course online courses for the University of Central Michigan is good. Now maybe he can get his head right before somebody else finishes him off. Mm-hmm. I genuinely worry about his safety if he were to ever play football again. And not for necessarily the way that he responds off the field, but what could potentially happen to him on the field? Eric, Brandon, by yourself, we never see it. We never see Antonio Brown play in the NFL again. Um, I, I'm probably gonna have to buy this. Um, you know, the the it, there it it's always the thought of never say never in the NFL with how you know teams will take a chance on someone. I mean. No one thought that Plaxico Burris would ever play again after the whole him shooting himself in the leg, but he did. Um, there have been so many other players that you just said, there's no way. Um, but at this point, has any more information come out with these allegations? Um... They didn't file charges because of the statute of limitations. Right, but apparently I that. that. Did- that gives grounds for her for her um, her case in a civil court. Yes, yes, but you but know, no charges can be filed. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. I doubt a team's going to pick him up, especially with how it's been in the fact that the Patriots decided to you know ship him off into free agency. That's a big sign, but. At the same time, you know, 
it wouldn't shock me if, like, a Dolphins or a Jets or a Browns picked him up. You know, I'm going to buy this that he never plays again, but at the same time, I would not be surprised if something happened to where he did. Eric, buy or sell Antonio Brown never plays in the NFL again. And this is the exact point that what scares me. Why I would love to buy. Brandon just pointed out three perfect examples on top of Drew Rosenhaus, his agent being Drew Rosenhaus. I'm going to have to sell this. And the reason why it pains me and it scares me is because we knew the Raiders were not going to get him the help that he needs. I had a sinking feeling because of their history, the Patriots were not going to give him the help that he needs. There are going to be teams, one, maybe more, that will look at him and want to pick him up simply based upon the talent and the driven desire to win, to get a big name, however you can spin it. But they're not going to invest in whatever help that he needs. And if he is really serious and continues on this path, getting these degrees and finishing these classes at Central Michigan, that would be fantastic. But honestly, while he's doing this, he needs to get checked. I don't want to see him be another statistic. I don't want to see him deteriorate. And unfortunately, as is so often the cause, I don't want to see that man kill himself. The longer this goes untreated, the more likely that tragedy is. So take time off, get examined, do everything you have to do. And if that means staying away from the NFL for your own what in the absolute? Are there like waves crashing against the shore or something? <laughs> What's going on? But anyway, yeah, I'm definitely going to sell. Meanwhile, what, did somebody open a bag of Cape Cod potato chips and they're on the tape now? Jesus. No, I, I think that was me, actually, and it should be better now. Yeah, it's better. Okay, yeah. there it goes. Yeah, um, what happened was is I actually had to sit up for a few seconds and you guys were catching backdraft from my fan there and I apologize for that audio issue there. Um, That's fine, but I mean, if you're going to add sound effects, at least get me to the point where I can have sex on the beach. Good lord. All right. Uh, To to Eric's point here real quick, I think the Drew Rosenhaus factor is a major contributor here, if only because... Drew Rosenhaus has come out and said that there are other teams that are willing to acquire the services of Antonio Brown. And I feel like Rosenhaus would push for that to happen because that man wants to get paid. Mm. Drew Rosenhaus is a scum on the industry of professional football. And especially the fact that he's missed out on a cut of $40 million just in the past few weeks. Oh, he's going to want to recoup at least some of that money. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Antonio Brown, on behalf of all of us here at the kickoff, get your head right before you even consider playing another down of professional football. Go, go don't make Daniel me go Bryan on another route. podcast and don't make me go on another podcast and find a way to sick your dad on you because I will. <laughs> well, 
I mean, we. this is the question I want to pose to all three of you, just quick, 50 words or less. If a team is interested in him, do they invest in getting his head looked at before they sign him? Honestly, I, no. Yeah, ideally, in an ideal world, they should. Certain, certain organizations probably would, but those same organizations would not want to take the risk of signing him. So, more than likely, no. Yeah, exactly. A lot of teams should, but they won't. Yeah. I say I, I'm, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I think that a team that is interested in him might actually want have his best interests at heart and want him to get a full CT scan or something before because if someone was to, they signed him he plays one game gets hit and dies that's a liability not only for them but for the league so I might think the league steps in and makes him pass a legit okay uh, physical. Here, here. Here's the only problem with that assessment, Jason, and then we're going to go ahead and move on here. That's assuming that Roger Goodell is actually a competent commissioner, and mm-hmm. we clearly know he's not. He's more of a shill than anybody. But Now, if I, this were even Tagliabue or Pete Rosell even, this would be a dramatically different story. I 100%, will say, 100% I, agreed. I will say, though, real quick, to Jason's point, Goodell, especially with how he's been trying to spin the league over the last couple of years. If something ha- happened where Antonio Brown was allowed to play and then either something happened to him on the field or he did something as a result of the the CTE, assuming that he has it, which I think we all assume that he does, it would fall back on the NFL, and it would very much be a Chris Benoit-type situation. So, to Jason's credit, Goodell may want to do it, if for nothing else, for the PR aspect of it. Mm. No, because if they try to step in now, they assume they are, they are admitting responsibility. Which deny, 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 deny. Yes, because remember the big CTE and concussion lawsuit also take into account that one of the big talking points with the CBA regardless is health insurance in a longer term for these players. So, yeah, they're not going to do anything to jeopardize their bargaining at this point by admitting anything resembling responsibility here. Let's move on. Brandon, college or mixed? Uh, let's go mixed. What stadium do you think provides the best home field advantage in football? <sighs> I thought this was a good one. This is a good one. Because, see, here's the thing, at least for me. It's really hard to quantify home field advantage in any sport. Um, but go to someone else. I want to think about this one for a second. 
Fine, Jabroni. Eric? I've been thinking about this, and I would rarely think about like this, some of the different college stadiums. I was thinking, okay, the Horseshoe or the Big House or even as much as it would pain to say me the Swamp. But I'm going to be honest. <clears throat> to me, it was really a bit of a battle, but Arrowhead wins out because to really get that home field advantage... Yes, you have to have the passionate fans, which you do really all throughout, more so even in college towns than in NFL cities. So you have to have the fan base. You have to have that energy. You have to have that noise, not just to the point to where you're competing back and forth in the Guinness Book of World Records, but you have to be at a place where people, no matter what, no matter when, are scared to play there. And I really think Arrowhead, especially more so in recent years, with the rebirth and success of the Chiefs, that's that place. I mean, Seattle for the longest time, especially during their Super Bowl window, they were right in neck and neck. And you have a lot of these college stadiums that in the glory days when they're really winning and have all these home streaks going, the Orange Bowl being a prime example, people were legit circled that and saying, I don't want to play there under any circumstances. But I think now if you're encompassing all of that and what will be for Lord knows how long, it's going to be Arrowhead. People are not going to want to go there and face the Chiefs. Jason? I'm actually going for a NFL traditional stadium. Uh, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to kind of lean toward um, if you having to play there from November on. And I'm going to go Lambeau. Um, I think playing in Lambeau is tough. I mean, the crowd. But once you get late in the NFL season, playing in Lambeau and playing against and playing against the Packers in that weather, I think is a totally different experience for any team to have. Uh, I remember when the Giants on a historic Super Bowl run had to go through Lambeau, and uh, Coughlin's face was wind chapped and the the um, wind chill was like negative 20 and it showed this like really hot chick in a fucking bikini <laughs> top in the, in, in the crowd. And you're like how, and she was acting like nothing was going on. You see mm-hmm. people without their shirts. Those fans are crazy as squirrel shit. <laughs> They're nuttier than squirrel shit. Seriously, nuttier than squirrel shit. And I think that when you add that, weather and the crowd factor Lambo late in the season is a tough tough win for any team I, I would subject that with two words and a little bit of trivia particularly that game and I'm still pissed off at Tampa Bay because of everything that happened to him two words Lawrence Times you needed to have a Canadian to kick in that quarter <laughs> I- but do you actually know the first quarterback to win at Lambeau 
in the playoffs. Was it Eli? No. Would you believe Michael Vick? Oh, okay. Yeah, for the Falcons. And that's why I say, like, late in the season, yes, but not really since when Atlanta pulled off that huge upset. I think it was in the wild card round Mm -hmm. when uh, he was making really, like, his big playoff run. But in recent years with Eli and others, it's been a little bit more vulnerable. The mystique is being lifted. Mm -hmm. But I I actually have to agree with Jason because not only all the things that he said, but also one little, albeit it may be a small little, a small factor, but those fans feel like they have an invested interest in the team because the season ticket holders are considered part owners of the teams, of the team. So that adds an added bonus to Lambo. One I will also say, Lambo is my main choice, but kind of a secondary. And yes, maybe it doesn't have the same mystique as it used to, and may not have the same. God damn, Larry. Um, It may not have the same mystique, it may not have the same aura that it used to, but Notre Dame Stadium. You know, you walk into that place, especially for a college stadium, as a college kid, you know, not, you know, especially not necessarily a small player, walking into that place and just thinking of history, it, it's going to get you. What's wrong? You're getting feedback. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick break here. We'll be back with more of the kickoff in just a few seconds. Black people. <laughs> He's talking to you, Eric. <laughs> hey, welcome back to the kickoff. Forgive our lack of commercial break right there. Well, <laughs> <But> somebody <laughs> doesn't respond to my tweets about sponsorship. Looking at you, Pat McAfee. Anywho, <laughs> um, real quick here. Let's actually, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll discuss that as soon as we're done with the question segment. Uh, Eric, you ready? Did, ready? did you give your answer, Harry? I asked the questions. I don't answer oh, them. Okay, fair enough. But to answer your question, if you wanted my answer for it, um, in the NFL, I would say Pittsburgh, just because of the way the stadium is shaped and the havoc that it can play on opposing teams and kickers especially. Did you know that no no visiting kicker has ever made a kick over 50 yards in that stadium? Damn. Three Rivers was even more notorious. Mm-hmm. And for college, while I respect your pick for Notre Dame, you're wrong. The correct answer is Clemson. Lately, lately, mm-hmm. yes. Like I said, the whole nobody wants to play there. Let's be oh. real. Until Dabo Sweeney came along, okay, that that's was fair. Yeah, that's fair. But now that Dabo Sweeney is there, Death Valley is death for opposing teams. Oh Lord, yes, hands down. All right, let's move on to the college question here. Eric, you ready? Ready. So now that the NFL is basically on Thursday every week of the season, 
do you think it is time for college football to stop scheduling Thursday games against the NFL? As a matter of fact, I do. Plus, there was actually a little legal suit in the, I wouldn't say infancy, but more like the teenage years of the NFL to where the NFL could not kick off at a certain times during the week where they were within 75 miles of a college or high school stadium. I'm going to go back and look this up, and I will send you the link so you can pin what I'm talking about in the description. But if the NCAA, granted, they never will, but if they were to go ahead and challenge this and say, hey, you've been infringing on our Thursday nights, we were supposed to have this because we let you have Sunday, it would at the very least be an interesting piece of litigation. But... Knowing the NCAA, it would be a lot easier if they just cave and say, you know what, we're going to take this L. We're no longer going to schedule Thursday night games. I think the biggest thing to that to me would be is it would seem obvious to go to Wednesdays, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. To have that nationally televised broadcast on Wednesdays. Because as baseball season's coming to an end, ESPN is going to need the Wednesday night content to replace their Wednesday night game of the week. Oh, but um, even then, Saturday, then to Wednesday, it's like you've got to be very wary as far as turnaround. Well, yeah, you would have to schedule teams coming off of buys for those Wednesday night games. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jason, do you think college football should abandon Thursday night football? Uh, I fully agree. I, I would like to see college football go to exclusive Friday nights. Uh, the Thursday night game is, I mean, it used to be a big deal, but since the NFL came in, took over, you know, the NFL reigned supreme. And I mean, I'm going to show my age here because I'm older than dirt. College football used to have a Wednesday night game when, and they didn't play on Thursday till like really late in the season. Uh, around when colleges took their breaks and you had you had schools out for winter break. Um, so, yeah, I think college football needs to either go to a Wednesday night format or a Friday night format. That way, you know, you're still kind of get pulling people in and you're not fighting for a target audience. To that point about them scheduling only on Fridays, the very first week of the NFL season this year when they did Bears-Packers for Thursday night for the 100-season kickoff, there were no college football games that night. The traditional Thursday game was moved to Friday. Brandon? Yeah, I'm going to have to probably buy this as well um, just because I, I mean, I'm sure there's not a ton of overlap especially with the types of games that they put on Thursdays. Um, but I'm sure that, you know, those, you know, that it does take a little bit of a hit uh, each week. Um, the thing about Fridays, though, um, for college, that I'm honestly surprised that there are so many Friday games. Um, and I don't think a lot of areas would like that Friday is being usurped, especially in the areas that are college football country. 
that is high school football night. Mm-hmm. So that I don't think would work. I think Wednesday could definitely work. The only issue, like Eric was talking about, um, was is like you know the the placement of teams and having to make sure that teams had enough of a rest period. And also, while while yes, it doesn't influence things all that much if you really think about it because you know hey look you know for every other sport they put them on on any night of the week but i wonder if that would be something that a lot of the universities may not necessarily want because it's right in the middle of the school week School uh, conferences like the MAC and the Sun Belt routinely do Tuesday and Wednesday games later in the season. I wouldn't be surprised to see bigger conferences jump on that bandwagon in the future just to avoid having to go up against Thursday night football. There actually is a pretty interesting Thursday night football game tonight here. Mm-hmm. On, we're recording this on Thursday, and I'm going to talk about one of those Thursday night games in my predictions a little bit later. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. So... For the sake of a show like ours, having these Thursday night games gives us a little bit more opportunity to explore the games that happen on Thursdays. That being said, for the sake of the amount of eyes that could be on the games themselves, it might make more sense for college football to avoid going head-to-head with Thursday night football, especially with marquee matchups from the NFL, such as Packers and Eagles, which is what we're getting tonight, Mm -hmm. Thursday, as we record this. All right, let's... Go ahead and move on here to I'm a survivor. Everybody won last week. Therefore, myself, Brandon, and Jason are still surviving at plus three weeks. Eric's streak is now at one week. It's been one week since he got it wrong. <laughs> Never oh. should have trusted Pittsburgh that long. <laughs> so This is what happens when I go with the people that I know and that would make my life more miserable if I root against them. You know, it's weird, too, because I actually got shit for picking Seattle from my girlfriend, who is the Steelers fan. Fuck. And I still pick Seattle. <laughs> week, four of, uh, week four of I'm a Survivor in the NFL. Brandon, you cannot pick Seattle, Kansas City, or Dallas. Yep. I'm going with the Rams this week. Against? Against the Bucks in L.A. Okay. Okay. I, I think that's just a pretty straightforward pick. The Bucks. yes, they beat the Panthers a couple of weeks ago, but, you know, I don't trust the Bucks. They did just lose to the Giants last week, and exactly. we all know the Giants. So. Eric? Now, am I pretty much wide open, save for just the one team? Yes, you can pick anybody except for New England. The only other team that you technically couldn't pick is Tennessee, but really, you're going to pick Tennessee in a week? Good luck with that. Yeah, no. In the words of an action star turned governor turned whatever, goal charges goal. Are you really pulling up Brandon? 
In this case, yes, since I've been burned by not doing it before, I'm going to pull a Bisco. <laughs> it's fine, Jason. You can still pick them. That's some bullshit. <laughs> you- I tried to avoid... I tried to avoid people, Brandon pulling a Brandon, and Eric pulls a Brandon. If it makes you feel any better, Eric's already eliminated anyway. See? I'm blame, not it on sure a black man, blame it on a black man to fuck everything up. That's what we do. Wait a minute. The damn, the, damn, <laughs> the, the, damn, the damn speck of pepper in the salt shaker. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Who you yeah. call it? Salt vato. though. Anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, I've taken the Chargers. Uh, I mean, I'm going back to my my normal uh, theory of ever, whoever plays Washington, but I'm just going to apply it to Miami from now on. Well, at some point that's going to end up going against you because they do play a couple of teams twice. Mm-hmm. And are you really going to pick the Jets? I mean, yeah. are you really going to pick the Jets? Oh, shit. Miami's on a bye next week. I got to actually look into shit. <laughs> See what I mean? Why uh, I'm trying to take advantage. Um, to steal a phrase from boxing, somebody's O has got to go. And in this case, it's a winless zero, not an undefeated zero. I am p- picking the Pittsburgh Steelers to defeat the Cincinnati Bengals okay. on Monday Night Football in Pittsburgh. Way to go out on a fucking limb there. <laughs> I'm trying to win, motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, two, two winless teams playing. Well, let's just pick one of them. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I was asked what happens if a tie happens during a game. Then I obviously advance because they didn't lose. Duh. Fair enough. <laughs> Don't worry, I have a much bolder prediction for Are You Serious a little bit later on in the show. Eric? Yes? Much the same way with your survivor pick. Get it together. Oh, my survivor pick. Trying to get this whole situation with this one Italian woman. But anyway. Uh, Show. It's like half a point. (laughs) I'm about to say, are we still keeping track of those? We're at two and a half for this week. Although I was tempted tempted to give myself one earlier. (laughs) I'm going to kind of a little bit of a preemptive one here. Even though the Florida man's going to be rolling into town. Yeah, uh, Vic Fangio... You were supposed to be kind of like the guru. You were supposed to help fix things on one side of the ball in Denver. I mean, granted, nobody's going to blame you for the offense because, well, Joe Flacco. But honestly, there's a lot lot that's really working in your favor. And you're really one of the seller dwellers, even though I kind of had you coming close anyways. But just for your own sake, especially with what... Chuck Pagano's doing at your old job, bro, you got to get it together. Just wait until next week when you do. This week you're good. Next week you'll get it together. Jason, get it together. My get it together is Melvin Gordon, who finally 
got out of his own way and swallowed his pride and showed up at the Chargers facility today. He will be ineligible for this week, but hopefully he will be back full speed being worked into the offense starting next week. I mean, I believe any running back that holds out uh, while under contract is an egotistic maniac. And Le'Veon Bell had set a um, precedented criteria last year when he held out for an entire season. So, Melvin Gordon, welcome back, but get it together and get your ass back on the field so you can get paid and help me in every league that you <laughs> fell to the third round and I drafted you in. Do, it, it, do you think that we ever get another... Do you think we ever get another Le'Veon Bell? Yes, 100% yes. No, because I think owners are going to put the kibosh on that. Fair enough. I, I think that they're going to want to avoid it, yes, but I do think it'll still happen down the road because some running back or some wide receiver or some quarterback is going to get their panties in a, in a bunch and think that they're worth more money than the contract that they agreed to in the first fucking place. Damn it, I almost what? had a good penny stuffing joke in there. <laughs> I am really off my game. <laughs> Fair enough. I think you're just pressing buttons at this point, Eric. <laughs> Play the under. What? Play the under! <laughs> well, I mean, I, look, my buttons haven't entirely been getting pressed, so I mean, I gotta... Family do- show! <laughs> Fuck your under. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, get it together. My get it together this week is the entire AFC North. Yes, half of the AFC North were playing good teams with the uh, with the Rams beat, beating the Browns and with the Chiefs beating the Ravens. But yes, the 49ers are a little better than they were. Yes, I know this, but still, you know, Steelers should be a little better than this. And then the Bungles are just the Bungles. But still, the entire AFC North after last week, get it together. This is like me picking the Mac East a couple of weeks ago as my dud when all six of them lost. Yep. Um, Jason, this one's for you, buddy. You ready? I'm ready. My get it together for this week is the Houston Cougars and Dana Holgerson. Yay! <laughs> Jalen McCleskey with three seconds left from 58, excuse me, 53 yards out on Thursday night football leads the Tulane green wave over the Houston Cougars last Thursday night, 38 to 31. Three days after that game, star quarterback, Derek King, who we've talked about as a stud on this show before, and one of his primary targets Keith Corbin announced their decisions to redshirt for the rest of the season, walking away from the program four games into the year. The Houston Cougars are one in three. Jason, Dana Holgerson used to be the coach somewhere else. Do you remember where that was? Nope. Uh, I've never heard of the guy. As I understand it, a Troy coach took over this program. Could you tell me that program's record right now? Oh, that that would be three and one West Virginia Mountaineers uh, head coach in Neil Brown. We trust. Hey, Dana Holgerson, 
raw fucking vote, buddy. <laughs> Get it together. Hashtag Fumble Ruski. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Uh, one last question to ask you guys for tonight. Are you serious? Okay, so an updated standings look real quick here. I won't go into the full standings because I do that every other week, and this is the fourth week, so this is not a full standings update. We have outright leaders in both Are You Serious or in both straight up and against the spread. And we're actually, I'm not the only person that has a straight up victory now, as both Brandon and Jason picked up a straight up victory last weekend. Jason, Jason called USC over Utah. Brandon called the Giants beating Tampa Bay. Eric will talk about rains. Eric will talk about you getting screwed here in a few seconds. <sighs> and not that way. Family show. <laughs> See, that was a free one, folks. I tell you, bet the over and you won't go home. <laughs> Brandon, college. You serious? Uh well, yes, this may be a very easy one. I'm gonna take it. They are giving ten and a half to USC against Washington. Granted, it is in Washington, but still, I will take that. I will take USC plus ten and a half against Washington. Fun fact: When Jason picked USC to beat Utah last week, the number was what was it? Six or seven? I think it was seven. Six. It was six and a half. Okay. The, so, yeah, the they're final giving num- more to Washington than they were to Utah. The final number on that game ended up only being three and a half. Don't be surprised if this number gets bet down, Brandon. Fair enough. US, USC money comes in late on these games. I'm just saying. Yeah. Jason, yeah. Ended up up, Jason ended up picking up ten and a half points on that game because USC won by seven as a three and a half point dog. Yeah. Late money we'll get coming to you in. in a second, Eric. We'll get we'll get to you in a second, Eric. That's foot. That's National Football League. We're doing college right now, but it is your turn. Well, I'm going to say, um, I know that part of this is going to seem like a little bit of hatred, and part of it is, but part of it, even though I have ragged on this team in the past. Yes, they're not a football school, but they damn sure play like one, especially when they put their heart into it. So since I don't have any straight-up wins anyway, what the hell have I got to lose at this point? Northwestern, uh, yeah, bring up that lactose tolerance because uh, I think you can handle this one. What's the number you're seeing right now? 24 and a half. Grief. Yeah. This one, I think, is a little bit of disrespect. And if I'm you, Fitzy, I would use this as a little material. Well, they did just get smacked around at home by Sparty, so. Yeah, but at the same time, that's Sparty. <laughs> My pick to win the Big Ten this year, I stand by it. It was nice to see them actually step up a little bit here. D'Antonio had them playing well this past Saturday. Jason, college, are you serious? I'm actually going to go with a a ranked, a lower tier ranked over a higher tier and an eight spot difference, getting 12 and a half currently on ESPN. I'm taking Virginia and the points 
against Notre Dame. Are you calling straight up or just a cover here? I, I'm, I'm going to call straight up. I'll get, I'll take the cover, but I think it, I think it has a possibility to be a straight up. Uh, Notre Dame's coming off a, a heartbreaking loss, and you never know where your head's going to be off a high-profile loss like that. You never know how you're going to bounce back. You you get games like this, the losing team has so much momentum uh, taken away from them. So their heads might not be in this. And Virginia may have that have that little spoiler factor in. So in the eyes of touchdown Jesus, Virginia stays undefeated. The only thing that works. The only thing that worries me about this prediction, Jason, is the fact that Virginia looked like anything but world beaters last week against Old Dominion, trailing 17-14 going to the fourth quarter before finally winning 28-17. Yeah, but I'm going to counter that argument with my own argument. Because Bronco Mendenhall has gotten a lot of stuff together, that Virginia Old Dominion one, everybody saw that as a trap game because Notre Dame was coming up this week. So Virginia nearly fell into it. Well, that's fair. We've talked about trap games many times on this show before, some of which have led to our best Are You Serious predictions. Um, Effective next week. Excuse me. Effective next week. I'm going to add a stipulation of a bonus point for predicting straight-up victories as well. However, if you predict the straight-up victory and you get it wrong... You lose a point from your uh, from your straight up pool. Just as a heads up, opportunity will be there in the future. All right, let's continue this week. So I mentioned earlier about college football taking Thursday night games. It is seven forty six p.m. here on the East Coast as we record this. This game kicks off at eight o'clock. This show will not be posted before this game starts. You probably won't be listening to it until after this game ends. So you can go back and fact check me here. As of right now, Navy is getting 11 points at Memphis. Not only do the midshipmen cover, the midshipmen win. There, there's been a little bit of sharp money coming on in this game, too. So you might have something there. Navy's coming off of a bye week. Navy has only played Twice in this so far four-week college football schedule. They are well-rested. They are well-coached. They are disciplined. And if there's one person I trust to get a victory here, on short, on a, even on a short week's rest, it's Ken Niamatololo. Get to height. <laughs> Eric. Yep. I feel like we need to call Scott Van Pelt. Yeah, can you, can you get him and Stanford Steve on the phone? Because uh, I, I think they missed something in this week's Bad Beach segment. When we did these predictions last week for the Are You Serious section of the show, Baltimore was getting six, I think, against Kansas City. Six and a hook, you fucking sharps. Late money came in on Baltimore in this game. And the final line ended up on ESPN's GameCast, which is what I used to to tally our predictions for the week. 
the final line ended up being Baltimore plus four and a half. They lost by five. It is a it is an ATS loss by half a point <laughs> off of what Eric would have had as a win had it stuck at six and a half. Why the hell did it just one point and not go for two? You know that just one one time you got a damn very potentially successful opera singer kicking your field goals that you're paying $20 million. Let him do his job. But in between singing like a Carmen style for Royal Farms coffee commercials, let him kick extra points. You'll be okay. But no. <laughs> let's, see. let's see if you can make things a little bit better for yourself this week, Eric. Oh. All right. Well, did you know that in one of my many fantasy leagues that I'm in this year, one of them happens to be a dynasty league that operates with a salary cap? Okay. I did not know that. Well, yes. Thankfully, I saved myself quite a bit of money by not drafting Cam Newton early. Plus, I made a really huge break when I traded away Andrew Luck for Drew Brees, a wide receiver, and a future pick. Holla at your boy. Now, with the news of this Liz Frank injury, and with Cam Newton being Cam Newton, and the Panthers being the Panthers, I decided that now was the time. Yes, I've got a lot of dead money, but I dropped him from my league. Picked up another quarterback, still under the cap, life goes on. But his replacement, soon to be possibly quarterback of the future for the Panthers, is one Kyle Allen. I saw how he did the first game in Cam's absence, and now that he is going to have the reins for the foreseeable future this season, going up against, let's face it, not a top-notch Texans defense anymore, I really think that there's even more potential to get a little something special here. So I'm picking the Panthers plus. Okay. Jason. I am going to take a little team that has been pretty impressive with a rookie quarterback. They're getting six. And they're facing the Seahawks. That's right. I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I want to trust Arizona, but they just got wrecked by Carolina. And that battle mm-hmm. with the, the young quarterbacks definitely went in Kyle Allen's favor this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And I trust Seattle's defense a hell of a lot more than I trust Carolina's. Luke Keekley inside. Bing. Brandon. Um, Are you serious? NFL edition. Remember how I talked in my dud about how the Falcons should have been the Colts? Yeah, I still don't trust the Colts. I'm taking the Raiders minus plus six and a half. Against the Colts. 
Okay, on behalf of people who have picked the Raiders this season, fuck the Raiders! The Raiders! Brandon, did the spirit of Chucky somehow just get into you? Because you'd have lost your damn mind. (laughs) I don't trust the Colts! I was getting nine points from the Raiders last week against Minnesota, and Oakland proceeded to lose by 20. But this is the... This is the Vikings. No, 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 no. I have way no, more no, no. faith in the Vikings than I do the Colts. No, 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 no. Kansas City. Remember how good that game against Kansas City looked? Then the second quarter happened. Wasn't so good anymore. Now, was it? Fair enough. You know what this is? You know what this is, Eric? This is those who don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. Oh, my God. Brandon is the Buffalo Bills of this podcast. <laughs> Speaking of the Buffalo Bills, segue! I'm proud of myself for that one. Are you taking the you know Bills what? over the Patriots? You know what? It's it's like I said in the group, Tret, Brandon. Go big or go homer. <laughs> That's why I, I wanted to step on him, but I'm like, no. I know exactly what he's doing. I'm going to let him have this one. <laughs> Forget it. I might as well. You know what? My team's 3-0. and I'm proud of them. I'm hoping that it continues. It's at home, and we're a seven-point underdog at home. If it were a little more than seven, I would consider it, but... I don't think the Patriots are as good as everybody's claiming them to be. Do you know why I can say that, Brandon? Why is that? Because... If you look at the ESPN.com NFL standings, right? Mm -hmm. And you scroll over to their playoff standings right now. The Bills are ranked ahead of the Patriots in the lead in the AFC East. Do you know why? Why is this? Because the Bills beat... No, their, their plus minus is a lot better than ours. But... What isn't better than ours is their opponent's winning percentage. In week two, Buffalo beat the Giants. The Giants beat Tampa Bay last week, as we've discussed ad nauseum Mm -hmm. on this show. That is the only opponent of either team that has won a game. The Patriots' three opponents so far are a combined 0-9, including a game against the Jets and a game against the Dolphins. Well, that's not fair because you, it's not their fault that they played the Jets and Dolphins first. Yeah, really. If you look at the if you look at the playoff standings, Buffalo's leading. Uh huh. Look, I'm not going to sit here. By and say a grand that we're total of one game. I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to win this game. But this feels like a different Buffalo team this year. This is a much scrappier Buffalo team this year. We were down 16 nothing to the Jets, ran off 17 straight to win 17-16. We gave up a fourth-quarter lead to Cincinnati, came back with a Josh Allen, with a long Josh Allen run, and then a Frank Gore touchdown with four minutes left in the game to beat Cincinnati 21-17. If there is a scrappy Bills team that can beat the Patriots in Buffalo, I think this is it. I'm not saying we will, but I do think it'll be a close game. So I'll take the seven points. Yeah, I mean, I, I I do have to give you some credit. I mean, hey, 
you're right. The Bills are a scrappy team, which means that instead of just losing consistently in the regular season, you'll get to the playoffs and lose again. <laughs> you'll at least have some sort of happiness. How's Miami's college playoff hopes looking this year, Eric? We're not talking about that. We're talking about the NFL right now, now aren't we? Okay, then how many wins does Jacksonville have so far this year, Eric? Hey, we just beat a division opponent, <laughs> did we not? We beat a division opponent in week one, did we not? Yes, but at least our division opponent had a remote expectation. That's fair. And you guys do have the Florida stash, too, so you got that going for you. Thank you very much. Floor, may Florida man reign supreme. Who do you guys play this week? Denver? Yes. Huh. Good luck with that, because <laughs> I feel like they're going to be scrappy, too. Regardless, give me Buffalo plus seven against New England. Fair enough. Eric, where can people find you online? Uh, if really interested in, like, different opinions and things I have at Squid Sportshead. If you're interested in different things, feel free to message me in the... In theory, I'm supposed to be doing other stuff here on the W2M network, but uh, yeah, I'm not the executive producer for that, now am I? Dun, dun, dun. Extra dramatic reverb. <laughs> <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting awfully shady here on the kickoff, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Brandon, where can people find you online? They can find me on Twitter at Bisco underscore Gotham SN and on Facebook in all the different group chats and various groups and whatnot. See, that joke would be funny if not for last week, Jason. And for those wondering what I'm talking about, it's a group chat thing. Don't worry about it. Where can people find you online? They can't. Fuck them. There you go. Fuck them. They can't. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> but I, I know places you can't find Brandon, and that would be on a fantasy football podcast or any podcast with Eric <laughs> besides this one. Um, but, you know, as as the days tick by, you will be able to find me and Eric coming to you live from some remote destination. <laughs> Shit show named the Black Irish. Every day passing is a more... Is a day closer we're we're getting to our demise. In every passing day, I'm getting more and more supplies. I will be ready. I don't want to be a sober one on that show, so I don't think I'm going to be able to guest appear. <laughs> I can barely handle you two when you are sober, ish. I've, I've been good, although I have had found this delicious lager that I've been really liking lately. And what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> Look, just because people can pull off flannel in a certain way, Jason, all right, come on now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're pulling his flannel off for him. <laughs> and, and, and I think you mispronounced his name. His name was Igor. Not longer. Look, I mean, hey, some people use brawny toilet paper for different things. Can you really blame them? Isn't brawny paper... T Never mind. I don't want to know what you're doing with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
H-E-B the Eagle on Twitter, even though I admittedly barely use it. You can find me on Facebook. I'm Harry Broadhurst there. Feel free to shoot me a message, talk sports, wrestling, whatever. I'm available there. One of these days, I'll do a podcast about wrestling again here on the W2M Network. And you can bet that Brandon won't be a part of it because that would require him to show up. Hey, uh, Harry. I, <laughs> Harry, something just happened. I, I just uh, had the cops show up at my house. Oh, yeah. No. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, it's because of you, Harry. Yes, sir. I did beat the shit out of him in fantasy football. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, yes, I know it was considered a hate crime. How bad I beat him. I, I apologize. Thank you, <laughs> sir. Thank you. I, I'm glad I get a warning. I, I think I beat. I beat. I beat you in a couple of weeks. Brandon, shut up. I need to respond to this. This is the same motherfucker that beat me on Juju's fumble last year for the title, too. <laughs> All I'm going to say is you can't hang. And, 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 of course, Eric had to, you know, be Uber Homer and pick up Minshew. Look, I needed a quarterback, and again, the magic you of the You need somebody man. else on the waiver wire, you son of a bitch! <laughs> now, you see, if there was actually a fantasy football podcast, we could be talking about this in depth. Yeah, Brandon! <laughs> I thought we already had I mean, it was only a hundred and ninety-one Oh, Jesus. Well, that, that's the only way I can get you to show up to talk fantasy football. <laughs> Yikes. All right. This has been the kickoff. We are a presentation of the W2M Network, available online at W2Mnet.com. In addition, you can listen to us on all of your favorite podcast listening devices, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here. And my, and, dick. and my dick is huge. Hey, hey, re- wrestling on TNT again th- next week. For Jason Teasley, Brandon Biscoping, and Eric Watkins, I'm Harry Broadhurst. This has been The Kickoff on the W2M Network. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>